Merry Christmas. Good to see everyone here. Um, If you've got your Bibles, and I hope that you do, open to Luke chapter 2 tonight. While you're turning there, um, I just want to thank you. Uh, I want to thank Harbin's Community Baptist Church. Thank you so much for hosting us here tonight. Um, It is such a joy and a privilege to be able to be here and, uh, and, and, and join with another expression of the body of Christ. Um, so on behalf of New Branch, uh, thank you to Pastor Steve. I mean, it's, it's such a beautiful thing uh, when churches come together. It's such a picture of the unity of the body of Christ. And uh, I believe that the Lord is honored tonight in two churches coming together and seeking to honor Him together. And so thank you. Thank you for uh, allowing us to do this together. I think this gives great honor Uh, to the Lord. Tonight, I want to uh, speak from a passage of Scripture that I know is familiar to to many of you, that of Luke chapter 2. It's typically the passage of Scripture that the pastors turn to at Christmas time because it has the birth narrative. And in particular, what I want to look at is the passage of that birth narrative that deals with the birth announcement of Jesus Christ. The angels came to the shepherds and and gave a birth announcement that that there was a baby that was born in Bethlehem. Now, birth announcements are are something that's common to many cultures. It's common to our culture. We have several uh, young ones in here. When When these kids were young, I'm sure that the parents got excited about that and wanted to let their family and friends know, and so they mailed out birth announcements. For each of our four boys, we mailed out birth announcements, but for the For the first one, we mailed out something that was a little bit unique. I had seen this on the desk of a friend of mine uh, when they had their first child. And I just thought it was really cool. And so when we sent out our birth announcements, um, I had someone make up some of these uh, that uh, they're kind of a creative way to announce birth. And it it kind of looks like a a movie ticket. And it says, uh, the name of the movie is It's a Boy. And uh, it's produced by Susan Rucker, uh, directed by Ken Rucker. Uh, proudly presenting and starring Aubrey Harrison Rucker. And so my 17-year-old son is now sufficiently embarrassed that I've used his full name this morning. But, but it has all of the details in here about his birth, tells when he was born, tells where he was born, what hospital he was born in. It says that he was 9 pounds, 4 ounces, 21 and a half inches long, so a bit chubby. I don't know how he got so tall and, and lean today, but, but he was a bit chubby. But, but this was a, an announcement. And I know many of you have, have sent out birth announcements for your children when they were born. Some birth announcements uh, get very creative. Some of them have the footprints of the baby. Some of them have pictures. But we get excited when we get a birth announcement, and, we, and it's a time to celebrate. Well, there's a birth announcement in Scripture. And so I want you to follow along as we read this birth announcement. And we're going to be looking at verses 8 through 14 of Luke chapter 2. We pick up the story. Jesus has already been born in the city of David in Bethlehem. Mary and Joseph went there because Caesar Augustus was having a, a census. And so because Joseph was of the, the lineage of David, they had gone back to the city of David, which is Bethlehem. And while they were there, the time came for, the, for her to give birth. And she had the baby Jesus and and uh, there was no room in the inn, and so she, she put him in a manger. But meanwhile, there were these shepherds in the fields outside of Bethlehem. And there was a birth announcement that took place. So follow along in your Bible as we read these verses. 
And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So this is the birth announcement of Jesus Christ. And we see it primarily there in verse 10. In verse 10, he says, I bring you good news of great joy. In verse 11, he tells what it is and who, who, who he is that's been born there. He is a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And then in verse 12, he gives a sign. You, you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. The birth announcement of Jesus Christ means a great deal to us. This morning, this evening, what I want to, to look at is four things in particular that the birth of Jesus Christ means to us. And the first thing that the birth announcement of Jesus Christ means is it means no more fear. It means no more fear. In verse 9, it, it says that an angel of the Lord appeared to them, these shepherds out in the, in the field, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And then in verse 10, the angel said, fear not. Now, the first thing that we have to note here is that their fear was understandable, was it not? Their fear was understandable. Imagine them in their setting. They're on these hills outside of Bethlehem, minding their own business, kind of doing their own thing. And, 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 you know, I know that there were probably some type A personality shepherds that stayed up all night, and this was their thing, and they they were going to be on it. But I imagine there were probably some more realistic shepherds that realized, you know, nothing's probably going to happen. And so if I doze off a little bit, it's not going to be that big of a deal. And so, and so they're kind of minding their own business on these hills outside Bethlehem, peaceful night. And then, boom, an angel of the Lord appears to them. And, and he says, the glory of the Lord shone around them. Now, when it says that the glory of the Lord shone around them, listen, that's, that's, that's pretty bright brightness. I mean, it doesn't get any brighter than the glory of the Lord. So here they are in, in the pitch darkness of the night, watching over their sheep, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. I'm sure it was a, a very startling cir- circumstance, not to mention probably pretty terrifying for them. And, and so their, their circumstances makes their fear understandable. Their circumstances would give any of us cause to fear, but the angel said, fear not. Now, how can he say fear not, given the circumstances? Well, well, he, he's not saying fear not because the circumstances are going to change or because the circumstances are going to improve or, or because it's going to become any less terrifying. Because in just a few short verses, it says that not only was there an angel of the Lord and, and, and the glory of the Lord sh- shone around them, but then it says a multitude of heavenly hosts showed up. A, a, a multitude, meaning a plethora, lots, that's Greek for lots 
Uh, so a multitude of heavenly hosts showed up. And, and by the way, when we hear the word heavenly host, let's not think of these guys out there just dressed in white with wings on their back. The, the, the word means soldier. So, so we're, we're talking about a multitude of, of heavenly soldiers, an angelic army that shows up. Here these guys are, you know, kind of minding their own business. And an angel shows up, and the glory of the Lord shows up, and then a, a, an angelic army shows up. And so, so it gets even more terrifying as they go along. And so the, this angel says, fear not, not because the, the, the terrifying situation is going to become less terrifying. And not because the circumstances are going to change necessarily or improve for them He says, fear not on the basis of the news that he's bringing. And the news that he was bringing was that a baby was going to be born. And this baby was the Savior who is Christ the Lord. The birth announcement of Jesus Christ means that we don't have to fear. The birth announcement of Jesus Christ reminds these shepherds that God had not forgotten them. And that he was going to keep all of his promises. You see, God had been silent for 400 years, hadn't been heard from, hadn't hadn't heard from a prophet for 400 years, 400 years of silence. And they had begun to wonder, has God forgotten us as his people? But the angel comes and says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He has come, he hasn't forgotten you, and he is keeping all of his promises. Christians, the birth announcement of Jesus Christ is a reminder to us is that we don't have to fear. We, we, we don't have to fear, not, not because our circumstances are going to change. Not, not, not because, you know, life may be terrifying for you at times. That you, you may look at what's going on in the world today, in our country today, in the economy today, or whatever, and, and it may elicit fear from you. But at Christmas time, the angel tells, tells us, fear not. Not necessarily because those circumstances are going to change. Not, not, not necessarily because a, a terrifying situation for us or a fearful situation is going to become less fearful. But because Jesus was born in Bethlehem, and that is good news. Because Jesus was born in, in Bethlehem, it reminds us that he hasn't forgotten about his people. And he is going to fulfill every one of his promises. And those of you who know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, He is going to bring you home. And He's going to make all things new. And we know this because Jesus came. So the birth announcement of Jesus Christ means no more fear. It also means good news. It means good news. The angel said, I bring you good news of great joy. That word good news is the, is the Greek word euangelizo. And it means to evangelize. So literally he's saying, I evangelize you with this news. It's good news. And what was the good news? Verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. It's good news because a Savior is coming. And that's good news because a Savior does what? Guess what a Savior does? A Savior saves. That's what a Savior does. A Savior is a Savior because a Savior saves. And we needed saving. We needed saving. We needed we need be, to be rescued because of our sin, our, our rebellion against our king, because of our desire to live independently of God and do things our way instead of God's way. We are lost and hopelessly lost at that. And we stand under the righteous wrath of a holy God. That's what we deserve. 
And we need to be rescued because there's nothing that we can do about that. And friends, that is bad news. It's bad news that we're lost. It's bad news that we stand under that wrath. And good news isn't good news unless it deals with that bad news. And this good news does do that. Because this child is a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And he would grow up according to prophecy and he would die on the cross for the sins of those who trust in him. Praise God for that. It's good news. A Savior is born and that is good news. A third thing that we learn by the birth announcement of Jesus Christ is that it means great joy. It means no more fear. It means good news. But thirdly, it means great joy. The the angel said, I bring you good news of great joy. Mega kara, mega joy is what he says. I bring you good news of great joy. You know, we often think of joy and Christmas together. It's uh, it's like they almost, they're supposed to be together, right? We think of Christmas as a time of rejoicing, a, a joyful time. But for far too many of us, Christmas has become a time without joy. We've allowed Christmas to become a time of just rushing around and from one activity to another or cooking a lot of stuff or shopping or shopping with money that we don't have or we're going to pay on that debt in January and February. I mean, it's just become something else. Christmas is a time for joy. But let's not confuse joy and happiness. Happiness is dependent on circumstances. If the circumstances are good, I'm happy. If the circumstances are bad, I'm not happy. Joy is not dependent on circumstances. This, this kind of mega kara, this kind of joy that Scripture talks about, is not dependent on circumstances. Joy, the kind of joy that the Scripture speaks of, is dependent on trusting in God's sovereignty and God's goodness. Knowing, being confident that God is in control and that He is good. It doesn't get any better than that. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. The the, the circumstances may not be happy, but if I know that God is in control, and I do, and if I know that God is good, and we do, that brings joy. It it doesn't matter what what you may be facing this Christmas or, or this past year or this coming year. If you know that God is good, and you know that he is sovereign, there's joy. That's the kind of joy that he speaks of in Scripture. The opposite of joy is not sadness. Sadness is the opposite of happiness. The opposite of joy is hopelessness. Because we know a God who is a God who is in control, nothing escapes his attention, nothing escapes his plan. And he is a God who is good. His very nature is good, perfection, holiness. Then we know that we can trust him. And then we know that we have hope. And we have hope because Jesus came into the world. And John tells us that, that in him was life. And that, that life was the light of men, the hope of men. And so the birth announcement of Jesus Christ means no more fear. It means good news. It means great joy. And finally, it means genuine worship. The only appropriate response to the birth announcement of a Savior 
is worship, genuine worship. We see that with the angels. In verse 14, it says that the, the angels glorify God and sang, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is well pleased. Glory to God in the highest. They were worshiping. And, and the shepherds themselves, if we were to read on in Luke chapter 2, it tells us at the end of this passage in verse 20, and the shepherds returned after seeing Jesus, after beholding the Savior, they returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Their genuine response was worship. Now we need to remember that worship is more than singing. So often we, we, we relegate worship to that which we do when we stand up and sing the psalms and hymns and Christmas carols at Christmas time. We call our services worship services so that that's what we do there. Worship is more than singing. Worship is a mindset. It's a mindset where we know that our God deserves all honor and all glory and so we give it to him. Worship is a, it's a impulse of our affections. It's, it's, like a, it's just an automatic impulse of our affections to where we love him so much. We are so filled with love for our God and our creator and so filled with gratefulness for what he's done on our behalf. We, it's just an impulse of our affections. We just, we just erupt in worship. It's so much more than singing. It's, it's a way of life. We worship in, in, in how we live. We worship in the decisions that we make and in in how we handle the relationships in our life and how we, how we do everything. Everything that we do is an opportunity to worship God. But the birth announcement of the Savior, the only kind of response that's appropriate to that is worship. Worship that He would do this for us rebels like us. We get other birth announcements in the mail, and we get excited about that. And they elicit joy from us and happiness from us. And we want to celebrate with that couple. And we're excited about the blessing in their life. But no other birth announcement is cause for worship. Because no other baby deserves worship. But this one does. He's the pre-existent Christ. He's existed since before time began. We talked about this uh, yesterday in our, in our services. He, he has always existed. He didn't, he didn't begin in a manger in Bethlehem. He's, he's always existed. In the beginning was the Word. There, there was no beginning to Christ because in the beginning He already was. This is the pre-existent Christ now. Come to earth. He has enfleshed Himself as man, fully God and fully man, at the same time in the same person. This is our Redeemer, this is the long-awaited King, this is Christ the Lord. And the only kind of response that's appropriate to that is worship. Now we need to remind ourselves that only a heart that's been changed by the grace of God can truly worship God in this way. And so I would, I would challenge you, if, if you have never trusted in Jesus Christ as your only hope to be saved from what all of us deserve, which is an eternity apart from him, then I would challenge you, trust in Christ. Turn away from your sin and your rebellion and turn to Christ and his rule over your life. Because only a, only a heart that has been transformed by the grace of God 
and be given new life in Christ in that way can respond to this announcement in genuine, heartfelt worship. As we close here in just a moment, I want to I challenge you to, to, to sing as if you are singing to God because you are. And I want to challenge you tonight and tomorrow as you take part in your Christmas traditions in your family. Eat the food, open the presents, have fun, but worship Jesus. Worship our Lord because I believe we can agree together He deserves it. Let's worship Him together. Let's pray. Father God, we thank You so much that when You looked out on humanity and you looked out on us in our sin in our rebellion you didn't turn away because you had a plan you had a plan all along to send your son who was next to you from the very beginning from the beginning of creation to send him down here to live among us, to dwell among us, to tabernacle among us, knowing that he would be beaten and despised and whipped and ultimately nailed to a cross. God, help us. Help us to look at the manger against the backdrop of the cross. Thank you for sending Jesus But in thanking you for that, we know that you sent him knowing, knowing that he would be put to death for us. What a great Savior. He died, he rose again, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father, even now. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, would you hear our worship? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 400 years of silence there had been. Not heard from a prophet of God for 400 years since Malachi. 400 years of silence, 400 years of darkness. And then in a dark corner of the world, God, according to His divine plan, He sent light. He sent light in the person of His Son, Jesus Christ. 